Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McCamini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by black women and for black women. So welcome to the C. I'm to the table. See how you doing? Welcome, welcome to, to the C. Table. How are you? Help us, Scott. No, no, C is at the table. C is at the table. C, oh my C, goodness. We... This was the funniest opening because when you uh That's moments funny, of transparency. Yeah. When you when you did the opening and I was supposed to like quickly get to the mic and say my name. Yes. I was I was eating actually Saints I was eating and so I was like oh do I have a name but I really want to eat this food that I'm eating right now too so these are our confessions yes, welcome these welcome, are our welcome to what's really happening when we record <laughs> <laughs> behind the table man people think we rehearse I'm like we don't oh, be rehearsing y'all I think that's obvious it. actually but we give y'all what we got man. <laughs> that's that <laughs> tell him where's M girl where's M where is M today where is Carmen San Diego you know she is out there doing her thing and she does have something coming up uh and uh, we we, oh, we we can talk about God. it because you know this won't be out and she won't know but i know you're going to go surprise her um to see her oh yes see her right. perform in dc and so um you know she is a truly a gifted um uh, singer um and so she's going to be singing um in celebration of some sweet friends um so Yay. that's that's on the horizon very soon she's traveling to do that and you're going to be traveling e to surprise her because Friendship is a practice, you know? Um, so you're going to be, be practicing there. friendship. And I wish I could be there. I'll be there in, in spirit. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. You know, the table The table is always on the move. And so y'all know when when one of us is missing, it means two things. We're either in a series or it's a Black Girl Magic episode. <laughs> Cue the charms. <laughs> and we are have the honor of bringing Morgan Harper Nichols to the table. Welcome to the table, Morgan. Hello. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited to be here with you all. <laughs> we were so yes. happy. I am so happy to have you. I'm trying to get you right here, but it's eke it out. And so, <laughs> and so just in case our listeners do not know who you are, which I just don't even know how this is possible, to, but okay, just in case, um, Tell them just a little something mm-hmm. about you. Um, Morgan Harper Nichols is a writer, artist, and musician who makes her work around people and their mm-hmm. stories. In 2017, Morgan started a project where she invites people to submit their stories to her website. From there, she creates art inspired by what they send her and then sends them the art for free, y'all, for mm-hmm. free. As an artist, Morgan has collaborated with publications and brands including Coach, Darling Magazine, Esquire Singapore, Jungalo, and more. Originally from Atlanta, Georgia, she and her husband Patrick currently reside just a little south of Los Angeles in Orange County, California. Welcome to the table, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I know I already said it, but I seriously am so honored to be here. I have been a fan of the show so it's honor it's an honor to be at the table we love we love when our guests are also <laughs> fans of the show that just makes yes. it's, it's not it's not a requirement but yes. it is sweet to hear <laughs> yeah so i think i i think i found out i want to say it was through propaganda mm-hmm. um oh, he tweeted like here's some people you need to follow like, and uh, I was just like, okay, let me click and see. And one, just as an artist, I mean, I love the artwork. So I was just, before I even read that. Dolly, <laughs> our artist on Instagram. Oh, who's the, who's the artist that in here? Brooklyn Dolly. Oh, awesome. Well, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. I'll have to shoot out. Yeah. So when I saw the artwork, I was like, okay, that's wonderful. <laughs> I hadn't even read the description and it just kept getting better and better. So <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, glad I found you all. <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm so honored to have you here at the table. You know, I, um, the reason why I wanted you here was truthfully is because I'm a fan of yours, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I, which I'm going to share a little bit later, just my own connection to your work, but uh, it just seems, and y'all know how funky the Instagram algorithms are and they're not <laughs> chronological, but it just seemed that every single time, like when I was just like needing some encouragement, I felt like a word from the Lord um, to know that God sees me like your poetry, because I call it poetry, <laughs> would show up in my feed at the right time. Um, and mm-hmm. I've just been so blessed uh, by your work, your ministry, and your life, girl, or just have. 
Wow. Well, thank you. That's that's so encouraging to hear because I I write a lot and but I'm 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 typically at home by myself <laughs> for right. a lot of what I do. Right. So it's just to hear just to hear that it's just like wow. Like you know, I think we can all do this. We can really underestimate you know our you know th- the seeds that we've sown, like how they grow and how mm-hmm. other people see them and you know reap the fruits of that so it's just so so encouraging to hear um to hear that so yeah you. and you know and i i just you know writing is such a it's a it's a it's a solitary you know um, it's very solitary <laughs> yeah and and i'm an introvert but it's solitary for me like i just i'm like i just need to hear someone <laughs> something so yeah, yeah. So I feel so bad for my husband. Like every day he comes home from work, like I just talk his ear off. I'm like, I'm sorry, I haven't talked to anyone all day. Oh. <laughs> He's like, it's okay, I'm listening. So <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my god! Whether he retains it or not, it doesn't matter. I just Absolutely. just need to talk. Yeah, so. talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Corey, why don't you talk to us about your own like your own faith journey and how you came mm-hmm. to faith? Yeah, just talk to yeah. us about curious about to hear that. Yeah, so I grew up just a little bit outside of Atlanta. And if you're from the Atlanta area, I was I grew up in like Stone Mountain, mm-hmm. Lithonia mm-hmm. area. And um I, I'm a preacher's kid and I was mm-hmm. homeschooled and um, my parents mm-hmm. uh started a church that was it was a it was a small church and it wasn't like so for me, my preacher's kid experience, like it was very like hands on I mean, I, I literally saw my parents like mm-hmm. build a church, like, um, all the way around. And I was a part of that. Like we have so many pictures of my sister and I like literally helping put up walls and like wow. <laughs> paint. And, and that was just like a part of my, that was just a part of my childhood. So for me, the, the phrasing that I always think of when I, when I think about my faith, especially early on, it's just, it was very hands on. Um, mm. And I just saw my parents, like, I never, we grew up going to church, but we were always, like, a part of church. It was always something that, it wasn't just a place you went to. It was, like, mm. when you go there, it's time to serve, it's time to work. And I think as as a kid, I definitely went back and forth with how I felt about that. Um, you know, I... I was always overwhelmed by groups of people, which <laughs> that's what church is, a group of people. So I was, I definitely had, I, I struggled a lot, especially when it came to doing anything that wasn't behind the scenes. Um, my sister and I can both, everybody in my family is musical. My dad's drummer, my mom sings, and my sister and I both can sing. And I just, I never want to sing. Like, I was just like, I just, I just wanted to run, you know, the PowerPoint where you can do the lyrics. That's what I wanted to do. I was like, that is my calling in the church. Just let me, just let me do the PowerPoint and come up with the graphics. Like, from the time I was like eight years old, um, it was, it's so funny. I was just thinking, wow, now I'm talking about this. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, me and my sister, my sister and I used to run, like, she ran the sound system and then I ran all the, this is when we were like eight and 10 years old. So, but like, we just learned how to do it. That was just normal for us. Um, But once opportunities started coming up to sing and to, to speak, I was like, that's not the kind of ministry I want to be a part of. Like, Mm. I don't want to be in front of people. Um, And some of it was, was nerves and just feeling really intimidated by that. But then also, just with my sister and I both being homeschooled, we were the only homeschool kids in the church for a while. Um, mm. We definitely picked on <laughs> quite a bit. Um, we were never really like the cool kids. Like we got all of our clothes from the thrift store. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was just a lot of that. Like I just didn't like to be on the forefront of anything. So I just felt like that's just going to make me mm. more of a spectacle. Like mm. I'm already made fun of enough. And, um, so there were just so many, so many reasons, like in my heart, like I always, I always loved being a part of, of like, of doing things. Like I had a very, at a very young age and I was four years old. Like that's when I, that's when I went into my parents' room and I told them, I was like, I want Jesus in my heart. Like I, (laughs) I always, I feel like I always understood who Jesus was from a very, very young age, Mm -hmm. but it was just how do I say this tactfully? It was it was his people that I kind of struggled well, with. That's a little bit. Yep, that's usually <laughs> it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, but we all we all love Jesus and we're living for him, but why are people so mean? Like, why are kids bullies? Like yeah. I saw that kid like get baptized. Like why are they why are they acting that way? Mm-hmm. Um and it was more so it wasn't even so much I was like looking at them like judging them. I was just really kind of grieved by it. I'm just like what does this mean if, if we're all still acting out, if we're all still, you know, doing these things, especially when I was affected by, like, affected by the bullying specifically, because my younger sister actually has, um, she has a neurological Mm -hmm. condition called Tourette's syndrome. Mm -hmm. And she was bullied for that. And it was just, it was just a weird place to be, you know, to watch church kids bully my sister for that. And it was just, I just really struggled with that. So it was like, when I was by myself, I always, I always loved the book of Psalms. I always loved Proverbs because I love the poetry and I would just sit there and and read and I connected with it and I would pray on my own. But for some reason, when it came to anything that had to do with faith and community, I really struggled. Mm -hmm. I just, I I just really struggled to find my place. Um, And it got more and more difficult when I got older and I went to college um, because when I went to college, I was one of the few, one of the few black students in my first year, I went to a really small Christian college and I felt it, you know, I was like, wow, I felt different before. And now I really feel different. <laughs> so it was just, it was just a struggle, you know, because it was like, I'm in this place where we're all like, okay, we, believe the same thing or we believe a lot of the same thing but why don't I fit like why can't I find like my group like why do mm-hmm. I still feel like an outsider and um the way that I kind of wrestled through those feelings and emotions was through art um I didn't know how to talk to people about it um I'm I'm very blessed to have my parents are like I love my parents. Like I can, to this day, like I can just call them and just rant about anything. Like I can just, I love my parents. They're so, they, we've always had like really good communication, but even when it came to them, I just felt like, I was like, I don't know. I I don't know if I can love like them. I don't know if I can have grace like they do. Mm. I think this is just going to be something I just deal with internally forever. Mm. So I just started to just those inner, just those inner struggles I was having. Um, just started turning them into into songs, into poems, just into journal entries. And I would just get it out, you know, I would just write it all out. And it wasn't until I was kind of transitioning out of college, kind of right, right around the time I was graduating. Um, I met my husband in college and we got married right after college. It wasn't right until there where I feel like the, um, the internet was starting to kind of be more of like an everyday thing for everybody. Like people were having iPhones for the first time, that kind of thing. And people were blogging and sharing, you know, on Twitter and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like you can share your writing with other people. So what I started doing was a lot of the um, artwork I was making. When I say artwork, I mean, I I literally have been all across the board, everything from, from acrylic painting to photography. Like I've done it all. Like I really, I just sort of just like to explore and try different things. So, um, I was like, well, maybe I can start sharing. So what I did was I started sharing my work, but I started sharing it kind of anonymously. Mm -hmm. Um, because even then I was still just like, I don't know. I just felt like if I put it out there as myself, like it was just going to be judged in a way that I wasn't really prepared for. Mm-hmm. So I would just kind of share it and um, just very subtly. And I had like a Flickr photography account where I was just like upload photos. And like, I would rarely ever, if ever like post photographs of myself. Um, so I started sharing my, um, started sharing my art and I just, I was like, okay, this will just be, this will just be how I belong in the world. Like this will just be how mm. I share my faith, how I share what I, my experiences, how I share. It'll just be the small little thing I do on the side and then I'll get a job and I'll live my life and everything will be fine. Right. Um, <laughs> And that's just not how life works. <laughs> it does um, not work that way. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, yeah, and it's, 
I don't know if you all have this experience in your life, but sometimes I feel like the more concrete my plan is, that's when God's like, oh, that's hilarious. Like, (laughs) Like, let me just flip this on its head really quick. So... I was definitely in that in that place in my early 20s as I was graduating from college. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, I've never really felt like I've belonged like on the stage or like to be like like this big Christian leader or anything like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of like hang hang low and I'll put my little art out there here and there and just kind of see what happens. So I did that for years, years I did that. And um while I was doing that, I was start, you know, I I started working, and I my first job out of college was an admission counselor at um, the mm-hmm. college that I graduated from, mm-hmm. and um, I enjoyed that, and I was there for about two years, and then my younger sister, who is also a, an artist, and she was really getting into music at that time, she ended up having like just like a lot of really good stuff happen for her in her career, mm-hmm. and she got signed to a record deal. And, um, it was just like super like grassroots the way her whole career started. So my husband and I actually left our jobs and we went on tour with her (laughs) and he became Mm -hmm. her tour manager. Oh wow! And I just like went and did whatever I could. And slowly, but surely that ended up leading to me being more on stage and doing more in the public eye and, it was just this weird place because I still, I was like, I still didn't really feel like I was like, okay, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just kind of like ride my little sister's coattails a little bit and just kind of do something here and there. But I still felt out of place. I still mm. felt like it wasn't really my place to really shine. And um, I just, the word that just keeps coming up for me when I think about just telling the story was just acceptance and mm. how easily I just accepted where I was as like the final place as like this is just this is just all there is for me Mm. like I'm only meant to be Mm. in this corner doing this thing or Mm. I'm only meant to play the background over here and there's nothing wrong with playing the background Mm. I mean we all have to do that in our lives at some point but it's like we can't just assume and accept that wherever God has us right now is just the final place, <laughs> whether that's, that's whether that's on you know a stage somewhere or whether that's working a job that you can't stand. Wherever you are on the spectrum, like you just can't assume that that's the only place. And yes. I just I would just accept where I was, and I'm like, this is just it. This is just it. And I just kept doing that over and over um, until I got to a point where I think it just it really broke me, and I and I and I realized that in a way that I kind of built a mold around myself. And I think I was like starting to break out of the mold. I'm like, I can't live this way anymore. Mm. And it was in 2016 where um, I had been, by this point I had been traveling with my sister and I had been starting to travel by myself more doing my music where I just hit this breaking point. And um, I was like, I'm, I'm tired of like putting this casing around myself. Like I'm tired of, of trying to protect myself by saying, just play it small, small, just play it small. Mm. And I just had a breakdown. Like I, I'm not much of a crier. Like I don't Mm. cry very often, but like, like I'll never forget that night. It was in 2016. It was, it was like the perfect cliche crying night. It was like November, 2016. It was cold. It was rainy. (laughs) I was home by myself and I just, I just had, a breakdown mm. and I was just like I can't live like this like I'm just constantly just talking myself down over and over mm. any little good thing happened I would just be like oh but no it, it's not good enough it's not this it's not that just play it small just talk it down and I'm mm. like why am I doing this mm. and I'd had some things that happened that year that were just um you know just some letdowns mm-hmm. and I was feeling that too and um, I opened up a notebook that I hadn't opened in years, and um, I wrote this poem. And I hadn't written a poem in years. I mean, I would write poems in high school and a little bit in college. Um, but I wrote this poem, and it started with, when you start to feel like things should have been better this year, mm. remember the mountains and valleys that brought you here. Mm. And um, the next part says, is this, they are not accidents and those moments weren't in vain. You are not the same. You have grown and you are growing. You are breathing. You are living. 
you are wrapped in endless, boundless grace. Yes. And things will get better. There is more to you than yesterday. Mm. And I just Amen. wrote it straight without scratching through, which that rarely happens mm. to me. I mean, when I'm writing, I'm always Beautiful. editing and scratch, scratches all over the place. I know about that. I just, <laughs> yeah. It was one of those rare moments for a writer where it just flows yes. on the page. Yes. <laughs> Super rare moments. And it just, it just fell on the page that way. And um, I share this, it's it's Hmm. become one of my most popular pieces and I share it quite a bit. And if you look at the, if you look at the picture, you'll see where I wrote my name. I kind of wrote it in a weird spot. I kind of wrote it like off to the side a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I remember in that moment, it was like a last minute decision. Like I felt like it was God telling me, write your name on this one. Write your name on this. Because I had spent all these years, like if I did write something, if I did share something, I would not put my name on it. Because I was like, no, I don't know how that's going to look if I put that out there. I don't know what people are going to say. I don't know how, you know, I wouldn't put my name on it. And it was, and if you look at the graphic, you'll see I'd never write my name in that spot. It was just, it was a wow. last, last minute thing. God telling you to own it. Yeah. Own it. I gave yeah, you this. That's, own that's it. it. Exactly. Own it. So that, you know what, Morgan, I, you can give us that graphic and we we can put if if oh, if yeah. you feel comfortable oh, yeah. and we can oh, we can put it on our social media when this episode goes up, we can mm. put it in, you know, with your graphic. Yeah. yeah. For We'd sure, love to share sure. it if you'd like for us. To <laughs> yeah. So um it was just in my in my journal and I took a picture of it and I was like, okay. Wow. I'm going to, sh- I'm going to share this. This is the one I'm going to share. I'm I'm going to, you know, get out of this shell, get out of this mold that I keep putting myself in, yeah. just break out and share. So <laughs> in typical Morgan fashion, I took a picture <laughs> of it and then I got ready to put it on Instagram. And I was like, no, that's too many people I know over there. I'm going <laughs> to put it somewhere else. So <laughs> I went to Pinterest because I was like, nobody's going to Pinterest. I was like, this is me. I was like, here's kind of like when you feel like God like telling you to do something, like you kind of find like a way you can do it. Not as scary. So that's definitely what I did. I know that. (laughs) So I was like, okay, Pinterest is a little less, and it still is for me. I'm still this way now. It's a little less intimidating, a little less scary. So I'm like, let me put it on Pinterest, and then I can say I did it, and then that's it. I'm I'm done with the whole poetry thing. On to the next thing. I got my emotions out. I'm done. So I put it up. This is in November. I completely forget about it. That January, and it was actually we had just we had just moved to California. Mm. Uh, That January, I started getting these messages um, on Instagram, and people were like, "Hey, um, did you see this reality star post your quote? She has a quote on her Instagram with your name on it." And I was like, "What?" Uh, how did she find that? Like, that's so random. And I was like, okay. And I, I may have left a comment, like, thank you for sharing. But it was just weird. I was wow. like, that, that, I don't know where, I don't even know where she found that. Um, <laughs> Pinterest. And then a few days later, I got another <laughs> message. Another reality star had shared. What? And I was like, okay, this is getting strange. Like, what happened? So mm. I went and I looked, um, I was like, I did post it on Pinterest. Let me go see what happened with that. Because so I went back to my Pinterest and it had been pinned over a hundred thousand times. Okay. Whoa. And for Pinterest, like that's it went so viral. Fun. That's viral, isn't it? Yeah, yeah for Pinterest, Pinterest that is. That's yeah, for Pinterest, that's a really big number. And I just sat there in shock. Whoa. Um, I, and I and I tried to like go through and see. I'm like, did somebody share? Like, did it get featured on the main page? <laughs> right. I didn't know. Like, till this day, I have no idea. I have wow. no idea how it spread, how it spread the way it spread. Um, but I just sat there and I was like, wow. Like, I was not expecting this. Mm-hmm. And then and this is all within like a week or two. I started getting DMs. They're like, well, can you write more about this? Like, can mm-hmm. you do you have more? Mm-hmm. And I was like. I really don't like mm-hmm. that was like a one I'm like if only you knew what low place I was in when I wrote yeah. that I'm like that was like that was rock bottom mm. I was like those are like I was like I feel like I like just scraped like the last word few words out of my soul right. and just put them on the page right. and I wrote that I'm like right. I don't know if I have anything mm. else so for all of 2017 that was just a year of me just answering people like I truly believe it was God using people to like probe me and say like you need to write more you need to do more of this you need to do more of this like it and I I truly believe it was in me all along but it was just 
I had just allowed so many experiences in my life. And I, and I'm, and I, I would say this is pretty recent for me in the past, even six months of just embracing like that. I'm very, a very sensitive person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I realized that I was so sensitive to different things that have been said to me or how people have treated me over, you know, just different mm-hmm. things that happened in my life. Um, and I just let so much of that just, mm-hmm. just sit within me turn into anger and cynicism Mm -hmm. and um it was it really took other people like strangers people I didn't know messaging me saying hey you have no idea how much I needed this today Mm -hmm. and that was like a wake-up call of like it's not about me Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like here I am like making all my excuses around like what I don't feel like I can do but it's like but what can God do through me Hey y'all, it's Kemeny. And it's Christina from Truth's Table. And you all have been asking us ways that you can actually partner and support Truth's Table. And we have now created a Patreon. Hey, this is the deal. We need your help. We need your resources to make this happen. Go on over to patreon.com slash Truth's Table and partner with this work. Well, Morgan, one of the, one of the things that really, that really strikes me about your story um, and the ways that even through those difficult st- circumstances uh, is to see God at work knitting mm. this deep sensitivity and empathy in you that you got the hard way, which means it's, it really sticks. And um, when I read you, I, it's as if you are speaking directly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to me. And I, and I, it, it makes sense to me why people will keep like retweeting it or would connect with it and people would follow it because we often don't speak to people truly. We, mm-hmm. we look past them, we look through them, or we speak to the part of them that we want to turn them yeah. into. And you, you are like speaking directly to maybe even our hidden insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, can, I can see why that would be such a deep need. And, and then you speak, and then you speak in a way that's not preachy. Yeah. Um, or, or judgmental. It's it's very much uh, kind of rooted in an unconditional regard of, yep, I see mm-hmm. you, yeah. <laughs> right? And so, and and I and at listening to your story, I it made me think about. I, I wondered when have you felt that for yourself? Mm-hmm. This sense of I see you, and now, um, and I see you with a positive regard, un- unconditional mm-hmm. regard. Wow, that's you can, you can, you're able to convey it. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if there are moments when you yourself have have grasped. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, Christina's I, a therapist now, child. So she, right, you know, I, I love very. Ooh, hold on. Oh no, I love it. That's I'm just like, oh yes, that's that's like right where I am. Wow, wow, that's such a good question. Um, I I think one key word that you said there would be moments. Like it's definitely plural for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely been like a lot of little moments where I felt like God was speaking directly to me, um, where I just felt so spoken to and heard. Mm. And I can remember where I Mm. was. I can remember what the room looked like. I can remember what I was wearing. Like it was that real. Um, And it's just been a series of moments like that, that I honestly feel like God has used Mm. to keep me in a lot of ways and to just gently remind me over the years that, I am heard and I am seen Mm -hmm. Um, because even when I was, I would say that, you know, high school was probably the, and as is for a lot of people for different reasons, of course, but high school was definitely the hardest season for me in terms of like not feeling heard. You know, that's just a time in your life where you just, you're just a lot more likely to just feel like people don't hear you and you're, it's harder to communicate. It's just hard to communicate what you feel, but when you do, you you wonder if you're too vulnerable, you know, it's just a lot going on in that time of life. And, you know, I, I definitely experienced that. And I remember when I was 14 years old, I went to, uh, we went over to my grandparents' house and, um, my grandfather, he, I take a lot from him in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he's just like, he's just a curious fella. Like he just loved to try new things. And in his, as a senior citizen, he just started like going to garage sales and just buying instruments and just learning how to oh, play wow. like a saxophone, a guitar, a drum set. So that was actually how I started playing guitar was because my grandfather found one at a garage sale and started teaching it to himself. 
And um, one day we're over their house and uh, my granddad was like, hey, Morgan, come here. Let me try. Let me show you how to play this guitar. And um, I felt like um, I, I did it because it was kind of like, OK, let me just go, you know, spend some time with my granddad. Like yeah. it wasn't like I wasn't really interested in guitar at all. <laughs> and um, the second he put that guitar in my hand, he had he was holding his hand. I mean, I, I still remember this moment as if it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. He put that black guitar in my hand. And that was that that moment. I honestly felt like I heard God say to me directly, "You are going to use this." Mm. And that was the clearest mm. I have ever felt till this day. That was the clearest I've ever felt like I've heard the voice of mm. God in my life. Mm-hmm. And. I feel like the grace in that is that that was probably the lowest point in my life where I felt the most mm. alone and the most unheard in my life um that was probably 14 was probably the hardest year for me as a teenager Mm -hmm. um there was just a lot of stuff going on and uh just health wise um there was just uh, death in the family just a lot of things going on and um that was the time I felt (laughs) that I heard the voice of God the most Mm -hmm. clear Mm -hmm. when I when probably it was probably the most unclear season of my life especially um, in my teenage years. And I've had other moments like that, but I, I love to tell that, one, yeah. that story mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I truly believe it. It represents like it's in our lowest place that like we're reminded of just how much we we're reminded of just how big grace is and mm-hmm. how, when it seems that we've reached the bottom, like grace is still boundless. It's still endless. Yes. So I, when I'm writing for other people now, um, I think about that story and just other stories like that in my life. I'm like, what did I need to hear when I was at my mm. lowest place? And what did I need to hear when I felt the most unheard? Um, when I felt like I really was just totally hopeless, what did I need to hear? And um, I'll even just imagine myself like saying it to myself. So, you know, I, I, I do, I, I'm so grateful when people tell me that they feel heard when they read what I write. And I just want anyone to know, I'm like, that's from me writing from a place of like being reminded that I too am heard mm. and um, that I too, like haven't, I'm not too far gone. Like I'm not, I'm not in a place that's just so unreachable that not even God can find me. Like I can still be found. I can still be heard. Um, so yeah, I, I put everything, everything I put out, I put it through that lens. Like I, if I, if I couldn't say it to myself, like mm. I don't post it, um, you know, cause in that time, like, and I'm not saying that the, this, I'm not saying that this phrase never works because sometimes it, it does, but <laughs> in that time, like if someone had said like, Oh, just hang in there. You're going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. I'm not sure that would have really right, resonated no. with me. Yeah, because it's, it's <laughs> trite. Someone, you know, we've heard yeah, it. Or if, someone, yeah. Yeah, or if someone has said, like, oh, well, people have bigger issues than you do. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but this really hurts. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This really hurts. Um, I'm like, most people, most people know that there are other people with bigger issues than what they have. Like, most right. people know that. Yes, but right. in that moment, when you are in, in it. When you are in and you are suffering like you just want to know that your suffering is it's not made up Mm -hmm. it's real and you know I just think that that's like you know I just think about Jesus I'm like that's what Jesus let us know like suffering is real like it's it's your Mm -hmm. your flesh and bone like it's this this physical body can only take so much um and it's okay that's okay um so, and I just think about like the, the emotional side of Jesus so much and just like, I'm like, there's no, there's no coincidence that, you know, Jesus wept is in scripture. I'm like, I know we use that as like a joke, like all oh, the shortest scripture in the Bible, you know, yeah. a verse, Jesus wept, but it's yeah. like, that's powerful. That's powerful yeah. to think about mm-hmm. our savior crying. And um, yeah, I just try to create a, a space for people to to know that that's okay. You know, you know, Morgan, what you have is, um, it's a, it's a real, it's a gift. You know, um, it's one thing to go through and be down in the pit and in that place of loneliness, despair, suffering, right. Um, and then have Mm -hmm. God speak to you. Um, but it's another thing to be able to return to that place in order to Mm -hmm. serve other people. 
right? So you got your word. Usually we're like, all right, I got my word. Bye, y'all. But you're you're able, by God's grace, to go back into that place and then minister to people from that place, which is why um, people connect. You know, with what you do, um, with what you say, with what you write, um, because you you just have that gift, as Christina said, that that empathy. You're able to to move toward people, right? I often say that compassion, it has legs, you know, and it and, and it moves towards people, and that's what you do um, with your writing. And I know that there have been several times that you have moved toward me um, through your writing. Now you probably didn't know this, but but. You- <laughs> But you have moved towards wow. me um, in your writing, and so, and I, and I would just like to affirm you in this moment, if you don't mind, um, by reading back to you something that you've written that ministered to me, uh, and still ministers to me as someone who is uh, who is perpetually waiting. You know, um, and and when you're waiting and you're suffering, it has an inward inertia. You know, so it turns us inward. Oftentimes we can't really always see outside of ourselves, right? Because all we can see is our circumstance. We're like, God, when are you going to deliver? You know, um, but but this was a, a, a poem that you wrote. Well, I call it a poem. All right, so we could talk about it. <laughs> but we could talk about that. <laughs> but uh, you wrote it or you posted it, uh, you know, posted it uh, April 3rd, 2018 on Instagram. And I actually saved it. I don't have many saved posts, but this one is one of my, one of like three saved posts that I have. Um, and so I just want to read it to you and read it to our audience because it really, it blessed me. And I hope that you hearing your words back to you will also bless you in turn. Uh, and it says, waiting. For anyone in a season of waiting, if there is ever a day when you feel tired of saying good for them and you are wondering when things will be good for you, take heart with great hope and consider all the things this season of grow- growing will lead into. Like an ocean that awaits miles away. You may not be there yet, but you are surely on your way. Take your time while journeying, travel light, be safe. For there will come a time when you arrive on those shores and you will be so glad you did not settle. You will be so glad you did not give up. You will be so glad you did not sink yourself to someone else's pace and you chose instead to anchor yourself in a steady rhythm of grace. After everything you went through, you still arrived where you needed to be right on time and everything will be fine. Not perfect, but fine. For every beautiful thing will happen in its time. Morgan Harper Nichols. I love that. I absolutely love that piece. It um, it brings tears to my eyes. It just really is so comforting and so calming. Mm-hmm. You know, you just seem to have a deep grasp of grace. Um, obviously the gospel, yes. You know, um, you, you just seem to, to really embody that, you know, and you're able to articulate it in a way that, that pierces, you know, um, that meets us right at our point of need. And so and I, I'm yeah. grateful for your ministry. I really am. Wow. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for reading that. It's just to hear, hear those words back. It's so, it just brings me so much comfort and it's just such a reminder of like, you know, whatever it is that God is doing through me is so much bigger than me. (laughs) And I just have to remember that because, you know, there's so many times where, you know, when you're in your own head and you're, you're writing and, and you're just, you're just praying that it's something that makes some kind of sense, you know, (laughs) you could still just, you just see like, you know, is it worth it? Like, should I, is it worth it to even put this out there? Like, should I just stop? Um, But to just hear that back, it's just like, you know, all along, like, this is not about me. Like, this is about being a vessel. This is about letting it flow through and in letting it flow through. Like I, I too, like am learning and I too, when I hear those, I'm like, wow, I needed to hear that as well. So, yeah, no, you. you're welcome. You're welcome. And I'm just curious about how, um, cause to me, when I read this, to me, it reads as poetry. Now I don't know nothing about poetry, <laughs> but it, I, I, and so actually I think of you yeah. as a poet. That's actually how you yeah. say writer, but I think of you like as, you know, like, I feel like okay, I'm yeah, a writer. I'm, I'm I need to do better about just owning the word poet. Okay. I think for okay. me, I just don't feel like I'm cool enough to be a poet. Morgan is a poet, y'all. Hey, you got a blue check now. You, you, you cool, girl. You cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hereby dub today Morgan Poet Day. 
Okay, thank you. All right, now that you've said it, I can say it. Okay, all right. This is poetry. I think the reason probably why that's in my head, because another, like, just, I, I've just tried so many things. But right when I graduated from college, I actually started my MFA in poetry. And oh. I only went for one semester. And it's like, the people in that program are poets. And I feel like I just, could, I was like, I'm not on that level. Mm. So it's just, you know, Unlearning some things, Unlearning you know. That, please, um, that was like, that was almost a decade ago, so I just need to <laughs> get over that. So, what is interesting is that every time it sounds like in your stories, every every time you overcome your insecurity, every time you try, you step over your insecurity, mm-hmm. you say something that meets others at their point of insecurity. Yes. Like every time you make the decision to say like, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to step over this. <laughs> and you step over and you step right to someone else's point of insecurity. So, wow. um, yeah. And I just think that is such a beautiful thing that how God is clearly at work in that. Like, yeah, you, it's so true. You, it's like, you move yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just such a theme in the story that you that you keep sharing with us. Um I am curious though, because you you mentioned uh, you know I work in Christian higher ed, so I'm curious about your journey in Christian mm-hmm. higher ed, um, and even maybe about like your just your whole education process, like um, yeah. growing up homeschool and then moving to that kind of very um, exclusive cultural dynamic too within a small school Christian mm-hmm. higher ed as well, and maybe how that shaped your story. Yeah, yeah. So my mom, she decided to homeschool us just because if if you met my mom for five seconds, you would know. She just she's just like, I got this. Like I can teach my kids. Like she's like, I know what they need to know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was sharing before uh, my mom literally would take like the like the homeschool like curriculum and textbooks and we're going through the history book. She's like, hmm, that's not how it happened. Let me get another history book. <laughs> like, so I I'm so grateful for that experience. I mean, it was just like my mom was just very like to the point and she has a journalism background too so a lot of that comes from that and um so I so definitely you know my homeschool experience it was unique like we weren't like the typical homeschool family because homeschool families like a lot of times have like a lot of kids like it was just two of us we were just at home with our mom she was teaching us and um my mom really really was so good about like fostering creativity in my sister Mm. and I and she would just challenge us to like create every day and like so much to the point that like even if we were um she would tell us create something new every day and I, I still live that way my sister still lives that way and I definitely plan on doing that with my little one who's on his way and um she would like if we had like crayons or color pencils like and we would just scribble on the page you know once we were like seven or eight she's like try to bring a little more to it what's the story here like she would just encourage us to like really really go deep um and I I mean I consider that a huge privilege that I got that at a young age um and because a lot of people like it's not that we need permission to express ourselves, but like when somebody in our life that we look up to, like affirms, like you are free to create, you can make something like mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference. And I'm so passionate about like helping people, you know, who didn't get that growing up, you know, have find that as adults. But anyway, so um, when I, by the time I got to high school, I was pretty much sure that I, I wanted to do something that was creative focused. and. Um, um, my mom was like, you know, you, you don't have to go to college. You know, I was like, no, but I want to, like, I wanted to move on campus and I wanted to like have that experience. Um, so I ended up studying English mm-hmm. and, uh, the school I went to point university is in East point, Georgia and West point, Georgia. Um, I was at the East point campus. Um, and at the time it was called Atlanta Christian college. And, um, I, I went there and a lot of it had to do with me just wanting to be around other like-minded mm-hmm. creative people. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for that experience. I mean, it, it definitely taught me a lot about, you know, just, just being around people that, you know, even though I, I went there like, Oh, being around like-minded people. I mean, I ended up being around people who were very different than me in a lot of ways. <laughs> and, um, but at the same time, like I honestly, like one of my favorite experiences in that were the professors, like 
I'm still friends with like all my professors on Facebook. Like yeah, I, I still I still read their articles. Like I still and I mean I obviously made friends in college too. But I, I definitely have like my crew that I still love, you know, a small little crew. But um yeah, I, I really love that environment. For me, it just it just worked. I mean it was it was difficult, it was challenging at times, you know, especially just feeling like an outsider a lot. But um when it came down to like the classroom and just like the the biblical studies classes I was able to take and um you know, I just like I, I learned a lot. So um, you know, I everyone's college experience, you know, if they if that's the route they go is different, but I always, you know, say like I I'm glad that that was the path that I took because it definitely taught me what I needed to learn in that season of my life. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, So I, so I'm like, I'm sad because I'm like, I actually want to ask you another question, but I'm like, we, I I want to tap into your creativity too. So I'm like, what should I do? I can answer them fast. I'm sorry. No, I can no, be no. so okay, rude. So, I'm at home by myself. Okay, all day, so I'm, 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 all, I'm tired, probably talking no, no, too no. much. That's what I'm going to do. I want to ask you because I think because it's such a theme in your work, in your poetry, and so and I think it's beautiful for your art. I think it would be beautiful for our listeners to hear you articulate this. But can you talk to us briefly about your um, your love for grace? Your love for God's mm. grace. It is a constant theme in your poetry, um, and mm-hmm. I, um, Christians, we are much more legalistic than we like to think we are. Um, and the reality is that we don't like grace because grace is scandalous. Okay. We want rules. Okay. And so we can't keep the 10 commandments the Lord gave us in the first place, but, but I want you to talk to us about why you latch on to grace. What, what is it about the deep love that you have for grace and how it just animates all, I'd say all of your poetry really, truly. Can you speak to us briefly just about that? Yeah, I can. I will say that I I first learned what grace was and was through my through my parents mm-hmm. and just seeing the way that they live and the way they've acted as ministers and the grace that they've had for people. There are so many moments, even into my adulthood, where I've seen my parents extend grace to people and I'm like, Why? <laughs> there you like, go. <laughs> why? you don't have to do that. I'm like, you like, you know, and I've, I've really struggled mm-hmm. with that. And you, know, you just talk about like, when you said, you know, how scandalous mm-hmm. grace is. And I, I, I talk about my parents. I'll talk about grace because I'm like, they are a tangible example in my life where I've seen grace in a way that I didn't understand it. And grace in a way that was, that was grace in a way that went beyond what I, what I thought grace yeah. was. Um, so I will say that I write about grace because it's something I'm still figuring out in my own life. Um, it's something that is on the forefront Mm -hmm. of my brain, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to anything that has to do with, um, issues pertaining to justice. Um, I'm, I can get very angry, Mm -hmm. um, very like relentlessly angry. And I think a lot of people might be surprised (laughs) in reading my stuff that I could get as angry and not going to lie, opinionated as I do. Um, And um, for me, grace has been the, it has been, it has been what has kept me humble and kept me growing because I, (laughs) there's a lot of times I don't want to extend grace. I'm like, Let's skip over that person. <laughs> I'm like, they've give, been given enough grace. Um, so it's something I, in one way or another, like I, even things that I would just like, I don't know if y'all have this experience where you just, you're just minding your own business through, throughout the day and you're like not even on your phone or anything, but something would just come up in your mind that just angers you like <laughs> from like a year ago, you just get mad about it. And like, I'll have these moments like that. And I'm just like, oh, like they got away with that though. Like that's so frustrating. And, and I just have to like take a deep breath and remember it's like, oh, like Lord, give me the strength mm. to have grace. Yeah. Like even grace for like what's happening in my own body when I'm angry mm. like that. Mm. So it's something that I I have to I it's a daily thing for me. And and I have had a few comments like people say, like, you use grace too much, what? or you know, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Those pieces, yeah, I've 
I've yeah, we all need <laughs> yeah, and I'm like those times where it, it's there. I'm like that's not a filler word for me. I'm like that's me working mm. through that in my own life. I, you know, I write a lot. A lot of what I write is, um, you know, I invite people to share their stories with me. And I write inspired by their stories. And I don't share the details of the stories ever. Um, I just try to create a safe space for people to share without having to worry, you know, about getting out there. So when you do that, you get a lot of really intense stories. I mean, I, I, there's several times where I have to like, just, if I open, cause I'll just randomly scroll through and just open a submission and I'm reading this person's story. And like, I look down and like, my my fists are clenched like I'm angry and I just have to get up and go walk go take a walk because it's it's like what was done to that person um I I get a lot of messages from teenagers and it just breaks my heart I'm like how could you you know and it's just anger that's just the one word that I I that I can sum up what I feel in that moment. And honestly, it's grace that reels me back in, even to just remind that person who has had that terrible thing done to them, that there's grace for them too and where they are. And and the more I write about it, I feel like the more I'm yeah. growing in grace. So I mean, I think, you know, I think sometimes we yeah. miss the connection between grace and justice. And if we don't see... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, justice and the cry for justice as a form of grace, then um, we can, um, yeah, we can, we can sometimes overly um, criticize ourselves about our response to things that are deeply painful. And so the anger Mm -hmm. sometimes is the expression Mm -hmm. of love towards an injustice and the, the grace Mm -hmm. then is what keeps us from self-righteousness within within the anger but mm-hmm. and I, but I think people but I think people do get frustrated with folks wow. who talk a lot of I mean I, I I have been told I talk a fair amount about grace and I've had people say to me like you're too nice and I'm like well you don't really know me because <laughs> I'm not as nice as you think I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself I'm telling myself like be grateful so, and um, yes, so which, exactly. which is important I think sometimes wow. people miss that that our messages are what we're saying and teaching that we are the first audience um, and and I think about that also when looking at mm-hmm. uh, what you've offered the world which is uh, your poetry since we have had a yes. we, we oh. have decided today <laughs> today we have decided today it's called poetry it's okay. today yeah. uh, and, and, in, and in this theme of laughter uh, we sometimes close out our Black Girl Magic episodes talking about uh, what we do here which is force fun and <laughs> Our first 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 I love it. I love it. Let's see a little bit more of who you are. So my question is, uh, if we were to go into your car, it's where I listen to music. That's why I would say the car. But mm-hmm. if you were to go into the car, wherever you listen to music, what and we turned it on, what song might we hear? What are you jamming to? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I have such no. a letdown, lame response okay. for this. That's all right. That's about a question. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those like playlists on like iTunes or Spotify, wherever, like to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I listen to all day, every time. <laughs> it'll, have, it'll have like a bald eagle on the front and like papyrus font, <laughs> like sleep in the hills. They all have the most random names. Like, no, you're not yourself calm and gracious. Yes, I really. Oh my god, that's what you know. I, you know, music makes you feel things. So I have like you know, really most of you can feel. You really feel. Yeah, it's I really do, and so yeah, a lot of music on my phone. I I don't know if you listen to this. Just a little (laughs) set with you know, little side note. Um, If Beale Street could talk, have you listened to the score? No. No. I haven't yet. I know. I I have not immersed myself yet. I know. Start writing here, girl. I know. Play. Go to Spotify. And no, this is not an ad, but Spotify. Um, but uh, go to Spotify (laughs) and um, play the play the soundtrack. Oh my, it's beautiful. You'll be able to write, 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 write. Tell, Tell me what you think about it. It's beautiful. 
Oh, I can't uh, wait. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. That's all. So, that's moved up the list. I've moved it. I've just added it on top of the bald eagle now. So. I love it. Of my horizon I love it. I love it. Yes, go for it. You are not only a um, black girl magic, you are quirky black girl magic. That, and that is, yes, I, have a, I have a, a particular love for, for quirky black girls of the world. Sometimes we don't get to be quirky. We don't get to be quirky. Sometimes, I appreciate sometimes racism that. robs black yes. girls the ability to be quirky. And, and you get to be quirky, and I like that about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I've I've learned how to own it. I'm yes, learning. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, what you got? Our um, next question is: All right, one gotta go. Oh gosh, <laughs> one gotta go, girl. All right, Whitney, Aretha, Shaka. What was the other one? Anita. Did I get that? Mm-hmm, Whitney. Shaka, Aretha, Anita. They don't even need no last names. You know, you know what we talk about. Oh my goodness. I know. Go, I girl. know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> it's tough. Well, I I honestly like okay, I'm just going by like personal, like what I know, like I have listened to. Like I did it. I didn't really know who Anita Baker was that much. You and Kevin like, I did it. <laughs> I just did it. Like, I, I feel so bad. So I love you, Anita. But I love you. I don't know you, but you've got to go. <laughs> I know. I'm sure you are a person. I know now. I do okay, know now. Okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if she, and if she comes I, out to the West Coast, you got to make it a point to go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's great. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, here is our last question, Morgan. And um, so the question is, if you were a superhero and you are a superhero of poetry yes, right you now are. But, but outside of that 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 skill um what would your superhero power be to read minds Ooh, really <laughs> you already are I you already are people's minds. <laughs> i am nosy i want to know what you're thinking <laughs> body language is not enough I need to know the inner workings. I need I to know. It. I just need to know. I love it. That is hilarious. <laughs> there you go. You didn't wake up. I feel like I can, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I could help solve a lot of issues well, in the world. If I could help just read people's minds. That's great. <laughs> well. That was beautiful. <laughs> and I wouldn't tell anyone. I wouldn't tell anyone I could do it. Oh no. Oh, no, no one know of the skill. No. <laughs> you just react to what they think and then they be like, Exactly. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Morgan, for coming to the table with us. Uh, this is your time now to talk to our listeners and tell them how they can follow your work, follow you on Instagram and social, all the socials. And yeah, tell them how they can um, follow your work and support you. Yes. Well, it has been an honor to be here. I'm Morgan Harper Nichols, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and mm-hmm. YouTube as Morgan Harper Nichols. And then on Twitter, it's Morgan H. Nichols. And um, I just launched an app two months ago. It's called Storyteller. It's like a daily inspirational subscription app. Mm. And it's only for iPhone right now. So I'm sorry, Android people <laughs> out there. I do love you, but it's only for iPhone right now. Um, but yeah, it's called Storyteller. Awesome. So that's where you can awesome, find me. Awesome. Yeah, so follow her, y'all, so you can keep up with all of the things that she's doing and will be doing. And thank you so much for taking a seat at the table with us, Morgan. We, mm-hmm. are, we were honored to have you. You really blessed us. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I've yes. enjoyed this. And um, of course, to our listeners, we want to thank y'all for taking a seat at the table with us too. So let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about Black Girl Magic, Morgan Harper Nichols, using the hashtag Truth Table. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Truth Table or email us your thoughts at asktruthstable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a page Patreon account. So now you can send your love offerings to www.patreon.com 
uh, slash truth table. Or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is www.paypal.me slash truth table. Truth table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. And we have been your hosts, Kemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.